I'm Simon, and a few years ago, I decided I wanted to make a change. I wanted to create a passive reoccurring income to support me and my family. Today, and a legacy for the future. Fast forward two years, and I've managed to generate over £10,000 worth of monthly passive income. I've set up the business, scaled the business, and now I've systemized the business to free up my time. So join me to find out how I've done it, how others are doing it every day, and how you can do it too. Hey, thank you very much for joining me for another episode of the podcast where we talk all things property, creative cash flow, and how to be financially independent today, not in 25 years. And it's a bit of a celebration this week. We had our biggest ever day last week. We had 30 student tenants moving in, and with those, plus all the professional move-ins, we amassed £25,000 worth of rental income in one day. Biggest day ever for the business and a massive, massive achievement. Um, I just never, ever, ever could have imagined this sort of level of growth. And I just want to thank everybody for the support. We've got an amazing community of people that are supporting um, and changing their lives through property which of course is why I did the podcast. I did the podcast because I'm just a normal guy. Uh, I had no experience in property. Uh, I've made tons of mistakes. It's been hard at times, don't get me wrong, but you can do this, right? So if you want to change your life, if you want to be your own boss, if you're tired of going to work or not having certainty for you and your family's future, then now is the time. So without further ado, today's episode is about how to crunch your serviced accommodation figures. How do you crunch them? How do you know if it's a deal? How do you know what costs to account for, the sort of average occupancy rates, what your nightly rates should be? How do you work all this stuff out so you can pull the trigger on your deal? And by the way, guys, whether it's rent to rent or a property you own, these principles are largely the same. Okay. And if you're brand new to me, you'll know I do a combination of rent to rent HMO, rent to rent SA uh, for cash flow. That's my cash flow strategy, creative cash flow. And then I reinvest it into assets that I own. Okay. For the long term legacy and the capital appreciation. So I am going to do an episode on how to crunch the figures for HMOs. Um, so stay tuned for that. But today it's SA. So, okay, there's five steps you need to take. The first thing you need to do is you need to work out your nightly rate. Yeah. What nightly rate are you going to go for? And it will differ, but you want to create a bit of an average, which is probably on the slightly conservative side, because I'd rather underestimate and be good than overestimate and be in trouble. Um, and I remember when I first did this, I did it the old school way. And that was by going on your booking.com, your Expedia, your Airbnbs and looking at what other people were charging. Now, the thing to consider when you're doing this is the price may be different depending on the amount of guests you are. 
So what you'll want to do is you'll want to look at different properties on different dates for two, four, six, maybe even eight different people, depending on the size of the property, to find out what their average rate is. Um, when I did it, I did a spreadsheet um, and basically I worked out what a good nightly rate for a two bed, which is what I started with in SA, would, would achieve, okay? Now there is another way, the second way, and the, you know, it's a bit of a cheat, but there are certain websites and sort of um, softwares there where they'll share some of these statistics with you so that you don't have to do it. They'll tell you the nightly rate, they'll tell you the average occupancy rate in your area. Um, and a great one of those is called Air DNA. Um, I think it does cost a little bit, but check it out. But you can do it the traditional way. And you don't have to overthink this. You don't have to overthink it. You just want to get an average, pick a figure, make it on the conservative side, and then put that on paper. So you know what it is. Okay, my nightly rate's £100. So if your nightly rate's £100, you know the total amount you could earn in that month would be £3,000, okay? So now you've worked out what the potential income for the month is, you now need to find out the potential expenditure. A lot of people struggle with this, but generally speaking, I think if you go for these things, you won't go too far wrong. So you're going to want to work out the guaranteed rent or the mortgage that you're going to have to pay out every month. You're going to need to do the utilities, the council tax or business rates, depending, the water, the internet, you know, any other amenities that you want to supply. And then there's going to be certain additional costs, such as your insurance, um, your channel manager, your commissions, any sort of uh, property regest schemes and sort of business costs that you might want to take into account, right? But for the purpose of this podcast, I want to keep things really, really simple. Just go for the property specific expenses initially, right? Um, and a common question I get is, should I put cleaning fees? How do I know the cleaning fees? It's impossible to know the cleaning fees because you don't know how many bookings you're going to get. So if you had somebody coming in and out every night, you would have a cleaner every day. If you just had one booking, then you only might provide a cleaner at the end of the stay. So what I recommend is when you're choosing your rate, choose a rate that um that um that basically excludes cleaning what i mean is if you're 100 pound per night then charge cleaning on top and it might be 30 pound 50 pounds 60 pounds 70 pounds per clean and pass that on to the client that way you don't have to worry about that okay so once you've worked out your expenses you're going to write them down as well and once again don't overthink it they just need to be decent estimates so you've worked out your nightly rate, you've worked out your predicted expenses. Now what you need to do is you need to work out your break-even point. How many nights do you need to be booked before you break even? And, you know, to give you the same example, if you could bring in £3,000 a month and your expenses are 1500 then your occupancy rate would be 50%. You'd need to book 15 nights at 100 quid to make £1,500 and therefore break even. All right. So once you've done that, um, generally speaking, this is one of the key indicators of if it's a deal. I aim for 40 to 50, 55% occupancy 
at break-even point because then I know that I've got another 50% of profit to make. So in the example just given, £3,000 income, £1,500 expenses, that means I've got the ability to make an extra £1,500 if I'm 100% occupied. Now, by the way, guys, all this is assuming that there is a demand, you know, um, th this is not about demand, this podcast. This is about how to crunch the figures once you've established that you think there is a demand. Point number four, you need to then find a way to protect your downsides. And I see a lot of people really worried, like, well, what happens if I don't get no bookings and I'm guaranteeing this rent or I've got the mortgage? Um, what happens if I only get booked for a couple nights? Um, and guys, the best way to do this is to cover your downside by always having a couple months float. So if your expenses are 1500, you need three grand in the account just so that you've got that cushion. Don't force a deal too soon and put yourself under too much pressure. Having said that, my first SA deal, at the beginning it was tough, I was terrified. I was checking all the time online to see if the adverts were really live and I was speaking to the people at the channel manager to see what was going on and why I wasn't getting any interest. Um, a channel manager, by the way, guys, is a central sort of management system that allows you to manage all the different online travel agents from one place. And I'll never, ever forget the first time I ever called them up, they said to me, where are you based? And I said, Derby. And they searched on the system and said, you're the first person that we are working with in Derby. And I wasn't sure if that was a really, really good thing or a bad thing. But then having launched to just air, I was seriously, seriously worried. But guys, you will be surprised where there is demand for short-term accommodation. It's not just your holiday destinations. It's not just your Londons and your Manchesters. There's demand everywhere. But I was stressing and I had no bookings. You know, um, the first rents come out. The refurbs cost me a bit more. When am I going to get bookings? What's going to happen? Um, and it was a bit stressful for me. But I did all my due diligence. I thought there was demand and the booking slowly built up. And as we got more and more reviews, more and more bookings came in. And to be honest with you, as I've said, the key now is direct bookings with corporate clients that take the property on for a while. No, I don't do one night as two nights. I'm not interested. I want the three month bookings um, with multiple people working away from home. That's the key. They're working away from home. But the thing is, guys, a lot of people don't know this, but when a lot of people, especially in, in this climate, purchase orders for work in different, you know, uh, for, for companies, purchase orders are only approved last minute because nobody wants to overly risk and overly leverage. So what will happen is they might start off with a three-week contract, but they could be there two years. But in terms of their their you know, their point of view, they can't commit to a tenancy agreement because what happens if they pull the plug on the project a couple months later? Yeah, so that's why SA is amazing because you can have long-term tenants, big corporate bookings, and you're offering the flexibility that they need. So um, that's why I love SA. So you need a bit of a float, yeah, just so that you can take your time. You don't have to over-reduce your prices. You don't have to worry. And finally, 
there's always the break even in terms of the refurb to consider. Because at the end of the day, your occupancy rate break even could be as low as 40%, which is great. But if you're only making 300 pounds, you've spent six grand on the property refurb, it's going to take you 20 months or whatever to break even too long. So what I look for, particularly in my rent to rent deals, I want to break even after three to four months on my initial investment. So in other words, if I spend four and a half thousand pounds on the um, on the refurb, then at 100 percent occupancy on the last example, it would take me three months of fifteen hundred pound profit per month to break even. Great. If it's going to take me two years, I'm not interested. If it's going to take me six months, I'm not really interested because that would, you know, it just takes too long, guys. We want to get financially independent today, not in two years time. So I'm just going to summarize those one more time. How do you crunch your figures? How do you know if a deal is a deal? First thing to do is work out your nightly rate. Yeah. Second thing is work out the predicted expenses. That's your guaranteed rent or mortgage, utilities, council tax or business rates, water, internet, um, amenities. You know, you might give them some shower gel and waters and chocolates every time. Um, cleaning fees add on top and then make sure, obviously, you're going to need insurances, channel manager and bits and bobs like that to take into consideration as well. Commissions from OTAs. So just do your best at estimating those figures. If it's your first deal, it's not going to be perfect. But, you know, if anything, be more conservative. Next point is you're going to want to see what your occupancy break-even point is. So ideally you want 40 to 50%. So that means if your maximum income, we'll use a different example. Let's say, for example, you're able to achieve £200 per night. It's a bigger property. That would mean a total potential income of £6,000, 30 days times 200. And if your expenses are £2,000, yeah, then your occupancy break-even would be around 33%. Great, that would work. Point number four is, guys, make sure you've got a bit of a buffer. So have a couple of months of expenses in the bank so you don't have to stress, um, accept poor guests, change the parameters, get too flexible and open up a can of worms. And last but not least, don't forget about how much you've got to invest in the property in the first place. Yeah, we want to make sure that we can break even as quickly as possible and then we're home and dry. So guys, that's all from me. I love serviced accommodation. If you want to know more about it, um, please check out other episodes in the podcast. Subscribe. Feel free to drop me a line if you have any questions on social media. And I will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out simonsmithonline.com. See you next time.